Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. Well, good morning, the church at Severn Run. How are y'all doing today? Okay, come on now, really? I can't get any better than that. I said, how are y'all doing today? I like it. It's the most awake I've ever seen the 930 service, like ever. So uh, awesome. Good to be with you guys today. I thought that um, the most appropriate way to approach this morning would be to share with you what I do, in fact, believe is probably uh, the greatest quote in all of human history. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus. I think it's the greatest quote ever. In fact, I think it's the greatest quote ever when we've had to deal with what we've had to deal with this week, right? I mean, we've watched a lot of atrocity take place this week, haven't we? It's craziness. It just really, really is. It's totally nuts. We have woken up this week almost every single day to some type of mayhem. We've woken up every single day this week to atrocious realities. We've awakened only to find out that senseless and even murderous acts have taken place. This has not been one of America's better weeks, has it? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Have any of you watched the news this week and started to try to think to yourselves um, how to figure this thing out? I mean, I've seen opinions swirl all over the place, haven't you? I mean, every news pundit has got their idea of what is wrong. Every single American who has something on social media, whether it's their Facebook page or their Instagram or whatever it may be, they've got it figured out. They know exactly what's wrong. If everybody would just follow their opinion, this whole thing would be okay. How's that working out for us, America? Huh? It's not. Because I really do think that these are dangerous times. And I'm not one of these doom and gloom type of people. But I do believe that we're living in a very, very um, strange place. And I hope, I hope that as you're sitting here this morning at the Church of Severn Run, part of your experience this week has been to say that you have a heart that wants to figure out what to do and, and know um, just how to stop the madness. How many of you would just love to stop the madness. Huh? I know I would. I would love to see it come 
to an end. And so I've thought this week, I'm telling you, I've thought this week and I've read this week. And I'm a bit of a student of history. I wouldn't call myself any type of like expert historian, but I, I love history. And I'm just trying to figure out exactly what is it that is so wrong. What is it that is so broken? And pretty much the craziest part about it is, is that as I go through history, what I discover is that it's always been this broken. It's always been this messed up. It's always been um, this bad. So I've started to begin to discover how do we find our way back? And I can't help but just kind of go back to this quote. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Here's one thing I think that we need to do. I think that we need to recognize the fact that we don't have common experiences. Now, I've heard this like all week long as I've watched people try to unfold their opinions and how to fix this thing. And the thing that I've heard over and over again is let us focus on our common experiences. The problem is we don't have them. There is not one person in this place this morning that has a common experience. We have all had different experiences. That's what makes us us. There is no, play, there is no one here that has had the experience of John Smith. And right now you're thinking, Amen. Thank God I did not have that experience. I would be that guy, and that would be bad. We've all had different experiences. We've all come from crazy different places. I have no idea. Let me just say it this morning. I have absolutely zero idea as a white guy standing in front of you what it means to be African American. I don't have a clue. I don't, I don't know where you've come from, and I've read even some of your experiences on Facebook this week. And I'll be honest with you, I've been angered by them. There are those of you that the truth is that you've been pulled over simply because of the color of your skin. Simply because of where you are, or simply because you look quote-unquote suspicious. I've not had that experience. It hasn't happened to me. I've had an experience where I grew up in the Southwest. The large majority of the people that I grew up around were Hispanic. In fact, where I grew up in the Southwest, by all approximations, um, quite frankly, my family was in the minority. And so... I didn't ever really know that there was much of a difference as I was growing up. White, inside of a very Hispanic culture. And then I moved to East Tennessee. Then I discovered what this entire racial tension was about. I discovered what 
this entire African-American versus white thing was about. And I discovered that it was real. And I've heard a lot. I'm telling you, I've heard a lot of people who have tried to justify the Dixie flag to be able to say the Dixie flag is nothing but Southern pride. It's Southern heritage. I've lived in the South. The large majority of people that I know that are flying that flag are not flying the flag for that reason. It's just the truth. I didn't know that races could hate so much until I moved to East Tennessee. Because, again, I'd kind of grown up as a minority in the Hispanic population where the tensions were a lot less. I've not had a common experience with anybody that's in here this morning. And none of us have had a common experience. And I don't think us focusing on our common experiences are going to work because none of us have had one. No matter even if we're of the same race, right? Even if we're of the same race. Here's the interesting thing. Uh, saw a good friend of mine yesterday that wrote on Facebook this entire idea of uh, every time something comes up, that's racist, everybody wants to talk about white privilege. The craziest part about it is that the large majority of people that I know or that are the most racist are the least privileged that I know. They're living in incredible poverty. They're living in incredible places of pain in their own experience. And the easiest thing to do if you're living inside of pain is, guess what? Blame somebody else for your problem. That is not a racist thing. That's a human thing. We all want to blame and cast accusation on somebody else. But we need to recognize that we don't have common experiences. We need to recognize that um, God is not fair. He's just not. One of the times I was reminded of this, mo of this the most was when I was in Ethiopia just a couple years ago. And I'm visiting our little guy that we support over there named Coquette. And as I'm there with Coquette, I'm thinking, God, why was I born in this little tiny hut? on the other side of the world. This isn't a fair experience. And none of us have the same experience. So we all need to begin to recognize that. We need to be able to realize that. The other part of this, though, is that we all do not have common experiences, but we do have a common humanity. Did you hear that? We do have a common humanity. You've heard me say it multiple times already this summer. We are not all children of God, but we are all created in the image of God. And so, therefore, we have a common humanity. We are created in God's image. We are created to love. We are created to be creative. We are created to have relationship because these are all things that identify with exactly who God is. But here's the problem. If you want to know who to blame, 
Look in the mirror. If you're trying to figure out exactly what's going on in our nation, and you're trying to say, whose fault is it? Then may we all, including myself, look in the mirror. Because we are all broken people. The thing that I see that's going on in our country right now is there's one side that's saying that side is more broken than I am. I'm not as broken as they are. And we're trying to cast blame on one another. If you watch the news cycle at all this week, what you've seen more than anything is you need to choose a side, don't you? Choose a side. Here's what Scripture teaches me about our brokenness. There is no side to choose. We're just broken. We're all messed up. The craziest part about it is, you know what? Let me just say it. There are police officers that are not good ones. And there are people that are not good ones. And we're all broken. It drives me crazy even when I listen to what's happening right now in America with politics. Because some of you know this, some of you don't, but I was actually involved in professional politics for about two years of my life. And here's the thing that I think is absolutely like atrocious if you ask me is when I hear people talk about the fact that every politician's corrupt. Well, you know what? I've been, I've been elected to office. Am I corrupt? You don't know. But I have seen it, where all the politicians are corrupt. It's those terrible lobbyists that are causing all the issues that us normal folks have to deal with. Really, I was a registered lobbyist, and I'll never forget the day I stood in an office with my boss as my boss led a state senator to Jesus in his office. Everybody's corrupt? Can I tell you, I don't care what profession you're in, there are good people and there are bad people in that profession. I don't care what race you are, there are good people and there are bad people in that race. It does not matter. Quit trying to take a side and start looking at the facts and recognize ultimately that we do have a common humanity and we've got no room to judge because every single one of us, including myself the most, is absolutely, totally broken. We are messed up human beings. Recognize that the blame game doesn't work. It just doesn't. We can't keep looking and saying, hey, it's their fault. Blaming somebody pretty much just gets everybody hurt. It does. Everybody just gets hurt when we start to want to blame one particular group or one particular category of people. I know this. I learned it at a very young age because my sister went through this. She went through this season in her life where we would be doing something and then you know, something would happen like spilt milk or whatever it may be. And my parents still believed in this idea of the fact that you could get out a spoon. That's what we got spanked with, a spoon. They would get out a plastic spoon. 
And uh, my mom went through this series, this little bit of time where if somebody doesn't confess, I'll just spank you both until somebody confesses. <laughs> my mom is a founder of ISIS. <laughs> Keep praying for her. But here we go. It was a very controlled spanking. It was always put your, put your hands on, you know, the table in front of you, the piano, whatever it may be, and then boom, boom, boom. Whoever confesses first wins. Well, my sister's a hateful person. And I, was, I never did anything wrong, by the way. I was a good kid. And uh, I'm going to ask these people over here to be quiet. And I remember, like, mom, she'd be wailing on us with a plastic spoon. Like, did you do it? And my sister, she would just sit there and take it. And she'd be looking at me like, you know who did it. <laughs> Blame just gets everybody hurt. It just does. It gets everybody hurt. Sorry, I'm having PTSD right now. <laughs> Here's the other part. I think that if we're going to solve this thing, we need to recognize that the world systems won't work. They just won't work. We've been trying to get this right as human beings for a long time, haven't we? We've been trying. And I'll say this, we've made some pretty great strides, but the truth is... The truth is this, the times when I've seen, if you look back through human history, it's the times when the church of the living God, really being the church of the living God, got involved that it really made the most difference. That it really made the most stride. We've never gone far enough, obviously. If we've gone far enough, then when it's all said and done, we wouldn't be looking at what we're looking at this week. But we've come some way. Well, we've got a lot farther to go, but the world system will not get it done. There is no legislation that is going to end racism. There's none. It might take us to a certain point, but putting your trust in your government? <laughs> it's not going to work out if you haven't figured that out quite yet. This system... It's not going to work. I will just go ahead and go tell you the only system that is ever going to work to fix this problem. The system that is going to work is the more people that are adopted into the kingdom of God. The more people that are adopted into the kingdom of God, the quicker this problem goes away. Nothing more, nothing less. I'll be straightforward with you. I, it is a privilege. It is an honor to be the executive pastor of the church that's ever run. And everywhere I go, one of the things I talk about is our church's diversity. Look around. It's pretty darn amazing, isn't it? And you know why it's amazing? Because we figured that out. 
that what we have in common is Jesus. That's the only thing that is ever going to work. So, John, you've like maybe digressed from our study of Matthew chapter 12. I haven't. We're right here on the same exact passage that we were supposed to be this week. And I want you to open your Bibles and I just want you to see it for just a moment. Because I think there couldn't have been a passage more um, relevant to our conversation today than this passage. And when this passage was picked out weeks and weeks and weeks ago as to be the passage that would be delivered today, there was no way that anybody had a clue what would happen in our country. Well, I would say this, there was one. It's called the Holy Spirit. And I want you to look what passage he picked out for us today. Beginning in verse 46, as Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside asking him to speak, asking to speak to him, I should say. And Jesus, looking at the crowd, said, your mother and your brothers are outside and they want to speak to you. And Jesus asked, who is my, bro- my mother? Who are my brothers? And then he pointed to his disciples and he said, Look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. That's what we've got in common. Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less. I told you a story a couple weeks ago when the jail cell was sitting up here on stage. And the story that I I shared with you, actually, to be honest with you, I probably didn't share it with the 930. I forgot you guys on this story. was the story of the fact that when I was a sophomore in high school, my basketball coach called us in and he set us down. And uh, he said, guys, uh, something happened last night, and um, just let you know, we got three of our starting lineup that will no longer probably be on our team the rest of the year. The reason why is because they murdered somebody. They're in jail. First time I ever went to a jail to visit these guys. I went with my coach because my nickname in high school was the Reverend, imagine that. And so my coach wanted me to go along and visit with these guys. And it was the first time I ever went to, to, to jail. And they were three African-American guys. And uh, they were locked away because they had killed somebody. This part of the story that I didn't tell you is that the guy that they killed had walked into, um, had walked into a, a bar in East Tennessee. So please forgive me on the African-American side of town because it's still that divided. He'd walked into a bar and he started to spew a bunch of racial epitaphs. And while I do not believe he deserved to be murdered, I do believe he probably had deserved to have his butt kicked. But they killed him. And that was the first time I was like, wow, this thing is real. 
Those three guys are still in jail today, and they will be for the rest of their lives. You want to know what would have changed all that? If somebody somewhere along the way would have come to them and said to them, we know who the answer is. Maybe this quote might have done it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. The only answer to this, ladies and gentlemen, this morning is Jesus. And can I go ahead and tell you, if you're sitting out there today and you've got your own like racial tensions and maybe you're sitting out there today and you've heard some of the things that I've got to say and you've said to yourself, hey, listen, that makes me mad or that makes me angry or no, you really don't understand the problem or no, it is that person's fault over there. Maybe you need to hear today very loud and very clear, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. Because if you let those things live in your heart, I can tell you Jesus is not living in your heart. Where Jesus dwells, there is no room for any type of racism. Where Jesus reigns supreme inside of the human heart, there is no room to blame somebody else. There's only a recognition of the fact that we are all broken and that we have a responsibility that as he's forgiven us in our brokenness to take that and share that with the world. It's the only thing that's going to change anything. It's it. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. That's why the certificate of rebirth is sitting in your seat this morning. Because if you want it to end, then I suggest you go ahead and accept the fact that Jesus wants to adopt you into the kingdom. That what he wants more than anything is for you to come to him. He wants you to give up the blame game. He wants you to give up the whole idea that it's somebody else's fault and that... You know, there's all cops are bad or all African-Americans are bad. Or he wants you to just give up all of that hate. And he wants you to discover life in the kingdom. So if that's the case, I'm going to ask you this morning to just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. And maybe you need to just give your life over to Jesus. All that tension, all that stress you feel about everything that's going on right now, you don't have to feel. Because he's provided a way out of this. He's provided forgiveness for all that are involved in this. And maybe you just need to go ahead and be rebirthed. And if that's the case, then here is how you do that. You just go ahead and you come to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I'm broken. 
And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning, I just want you to talk to Jesus for a second. And if this is you, I just want you to say, Jesus, I'm broken. Jesus, I'm one of the people that is feeling all of this crazy stuff. And I'm messed up. And I've not done right. And I need your help. And I believe that you can help me because you did, in fact, die for me. You shed your blood for me. You experienced one of the greatest acts of violence on, that has ever taken place on earth because you were God and we killed you. And you experienced that violence so none of us would ever have to. So I thank you for dying for me today. But you did not let that violence win. You did not stay down. You arose again from the dead. And I thank you today for being a living leader. But I'm asking you to lead me for the rest of my life. Jesus, I want to be changed today. If you made that choice, then I just ask you to just write your name on your certificate this morning. Put the date, sign your name, and say, I'm making this thing real. For the rest of us, here's what I'm going to ask us to do. If you would just please stand with me today. And if today maybe you decided to follow Jesus for the first time or for the first time you ever really meant it, then I'll ask you to just take this certificate, bring it up, just walk it up here to the stage and just lay it on the stage in the next moment or two as we sing this song. Nothing to be ashamed of, everything to be proud about. You can't, by the way, you say, hey, listen, I'm a little nervous to kind of doing that kind of thing. Well, let me just tell you, Jesus never asked anybody to follow him in secret. It's time to come out. Say, Jesus, you're the real deal to me. But if that's you today and you've signed this certificate, you've said, hey, listen, I want to be rebirthed. I want this hate. I want all of this in my heart to end. I want to end the hate that's in the world because I want to be serious about this, about Jesus. Then just sign it, bring it up here in the next moment or two as the music plays and lay it on the stage. Church. That is what's going to change the world. That's the only thing that's going to change the world. I'm going to invite you this morning, if you're willing, to just come down front. We need to pray for, we need to pray today that Jesus takes control of the hearts and lives of all of those that don't know him today. Can we do that, church? It's the only thing that's going to end it. Would you do me a favor, just come forward? Just join us at the front as a church. Let's just commit to this.
Dear Heavenly Father, we've all watched some crazy stuff on TV this week. We've seen all kinds of hate. We've seen murder. But God, you're above all that. You came to end all that. We don't have to live this way, and our country doesn't have to continue to experience this. The only thing that's going to change us is when we change. And Jesus, that's what we ask you to do in our hearts this morning. We ask you to start with us. Before we blame anybody else for anything else, we ask you to start with us. Any hate, any blame that we want to cast, we would just ask that you just like take that out of us. That we would replace it with your love and your joy and your peace and your patience and your kindness and your goodness and your gentleness and your faith and your self-control. Replace all of that in us. May we be changed first and foremost. And God, may we, may we do our best. May the church at Severn Run draw a line and say it doesn't happen in our town. Because we're going to take Jesus to our town. You're the only thing that can change it, God. May your spirit move. May your spirit make us different. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at the Church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.